Well, good afternoon and welcome to Round the Table with Christian Concern. Uh, we're very excited today to be starting a new series about Church Unlocked as we move on from beyond the pandemic and restrictions uh, start to ease for us. Uh, we're thinking about uh, church being unlocked and church being unleashed and church uh, getting out and being able to minister as effectively as possible. Um, and the big subject today is people who are feeling lonely and anxious and fearful as a result of the whole COVID thing. It's been a very difficult period for many people. Nobody has enjoyed being locked down and, uh, and the restrictions on activities and restrictions on meeting people that we've all had to cope with. And there's been a, a massive increase in mental health conditions. Some people are even referring to it as a pandemic of mental health issues. And we want to discuss what can the church do to respond to that. So today to join me, I'm, I'm delighted to welcome three very special guests. Adi Amuba, MBE, co-founder of Christian Concern, um, is here today. Good afternoon, Adi. Um, we've also got uh, David Hall, who is the vicar of Christchurch Chorley Wood. Thank you for joining us, David. And also Oliver Allman-Smith, who is from Trinity Grace Church in uh, North Manchester. Um, welcome to you as well. Um, so who would like to go first? Really, The question is, how can churches help people practically who are fearful and lonely uh, at this time? David, I'm going to go to you first, put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I think what's interesting through this pandemic is I think different things have been a, a leading factor in people's feelings and behaviours. Uh, you know, if you go mid-pandemic, probably loneliness was the biggest issue they faced. Mm. Maybe at the beginning it was fear. You know, as we went into lockdown, people were genuinely terrified about the health risks. Um, uh, I think the big uh, issue now kicking in is actually fear. I think maybe, you know, loneliness exacerbates everything. But I think from uh, our point of view, the big issue is fear and how do we overcome that? And how can we uh, perhaps provide baby steps? And I would never use those words um, in public, but, you know, how can we provide uh, easy little steps into people re-entering, if you like, um, meeting with other people. And I, I hear horrific figures that, you know, large numbers of people are now phobic about going to any public place. And of course, Christians are not immune to those sort of issues. So I think it's a very live issue. And for us, I guess the main answer is perhaps pointing the direction of our outdoor services for obvious health reasons. But there must be many other issues involved. Thank you. Yeah. Oliver, how about you? What, what, what are you thinking about this? Yeah, I, I agree with David. Um, the issue of fear is massive uh, and fear produces more loneliness as people isolate themselves. And I think uh, our initial answer to, to this really is a theological one. So we, we want people to get a really big view of God. If, if, they can, if they can see how big God is, how great he is, how powerful he is, how sovereign he is, and understand that even through a pandemic and even through lockdown and even through loneliness, God is still working out his purposes. That's the message that we really want to get over to people. Um, there is a title of a book that comes to mind by a man called Ed Welch, I think. Uh, when people are big and God is small. Well, if you have it that way around, you're going to be in trouble. But if you if you flip it around, if God is big and people and pandemics and the issues that you're facing in daily life become smaller next to God, then you have things in the right orientation. So I think encouraging people to have a big view of God 
and remember that God is sovereign and we're his people and he loves us and he has good things that he wants to do in our lives, even through times like this. That's the mm. message we really want to get across to folk. Fantastic. That's very helpful. Yeah. And Ade, what about you? What's, um, what's your wisdom on helping people who are feeling fearful, anxious and lonely at this time? Well, first thing I'll say is that somebody who is a social entrepreneur, you know, I've helped set up over 100 projects in this country and further fields dealing with issues um, within working communities. And at the heart of that, most times, is something you've just hit on, fear and loneliness at different mm -hmm. times in life. So mm -hmm. COVID has brought the same thing. It's something I've had to deal with with many people and communities over the last 30 years. But the first thing I would say with all my experience of doing practical things in the community is maybe three things. We need to listen more, love more, care more. We need to listen more, love more, care more. And I haven't said that. I, I'm also, I, I agree. I always like to go to scriptures to guard all that we do. This fear and loneliness is real. We've been dealing with it as church long before COVID. COVID has also brought it to another level. And, and the reason I will always go to scriptures and be guided by scriptures is because as human beings, we are spirit in the physical body. And the word of God is the sword of the spirit. It knows how to speak to the spirit man, to help speak into the mental health, the the minds of people. And three scriptures that come quickly is the one in 2 Timothy 1.7 that says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and sound mind. Mm. Fear is one spirit God hasn't given us. And we must help people understand that. But what is given us that we power, ability to influence, love, living our lives on valuable emotions, sound mm. mind, like in Proverbs 23, as you think, so you are. This is so important and COVID and what we've seen happened has made people conform into a particular way that their minds now need renewing so that they can be transformed. And that's Romans 12 to playing all together. You mm -hmm. know, looking at this issue is real, but yeah. we need to help people now understand that um, um, you, you can identify with the whole issue with the pandemic but you are not defined by it. And we mm. really need to be out there finding ways to ensure that the, the, the word of God, the practical things we do is to really help people with the mindset or the set minds that this has brought in, that has now created this, um, if I can use the word conform means a con forming in their minds, a lie mm. forming in their minds. And mm. we need to use the truth to dispel that lie so that mm. they can be more transforming and hold their hands and help them through it. It's a lot of work, it's a lot of hard work. Um, and, and later on, I'll talk about the different kinds of people that I am now meeting that are experiencing fear and loneliness. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Ade, I, I love that. COVID is causing us to conform, we need to transform. That's a great phrase. Um, I just wanted, there's a comment here from Joel Lucas. Hi, Joel, nice to have you watching. Um, she says on YouTube, I was in the USA for some time this year at a home church where we were able to sing and fellowship and minister to one another in tangible ways. Now I'm in the UK again, and I feel the lack of fellowship. And um, I wonder how much do you think, you know, maybe David, I'll come to you again. Um, how much do you think people are missing this lack of fellowship? How much um, has connecting online meant people have felt more lonely? And and how do we get people to 
move on from that and recover the sense of belonging and a relationship that they're missing. Yeah, yeah. I think um, um, Oliver and uh, Eddie's uh, comments are both very helpful, um, just grounding us on the fact that um, we, we we were relatively badly prepared for this COVID in spiritual terms as a church, because so much of the church had begun to conform uh, to the world around it and rather enjoyed the experience. It, it made life easier. Uh, but now there's a, a climate of, of, of fear emulating from the society we trusted in so much. Uh, that's that's dragged us down and and so there is a real reset uh, required here um, and uh, I, I think that's that's what we we need to do um, I think we, we at the very beginning things were quite easy strategically in terms of how you dealt with these because you only could deal with them online and we certainly um, mm -hmm. did our best to overcome that with a lot of um, social media interaction when we were streaming both on Facebook and YouTube um, and it was only that. But obviously, when we, gave, when we got these opportunities to meet together, it became incredibly complex with things sort of modifying week on week. And then yeah. I think a lot of churches are very agonized internal conversations about what constitutes reasonable risk yes. and what is right for Christians to do. So it has got extremely complex. And I think we, we, we only we, we really do have to try and simplify it a little bit. I think that's where scripture is helpful. You know, things like 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, for the Spirit, for the Spirit of God does not get, make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, Oliver, what about you with people um, feeling lonely and missing the fellowship? How are you trying to help them? Yeah, well, our, emphasize, our emphasis from the very start has been that any, anything that is less than being in one another's presence physically is is always inadequate uh, that doesn't mean to say that you shouldn't do it if that's the only thing you can do but we always emphasize to people right from the end of march last year onwards that uh, meeting together is god's purpose for us fellowshipping together is what god designed us to do and to be go back to the garden of eden it was always communion together which was god's purpose for us and that communion with one another is developed and enriched by our communion with God. So you've got this triangle. We, we, we have our communion with God and then that feeds our communion with one another. And, um, and if one of those is severed, then we lose the other. So being together in God's presence, gathered worship, gathered fellowship is critical to our every aspect of our health, mental, physical and spiritual and we're all integrated human beings, so they all link together. If our communion with one another is broken, if our communion with God is broken, then there will be physical, mental impacts on us as human beings. So our emphasis has always been we must be together. Let's come together. And we've we've tried to do that as best we can as safely as we can. And David's point is well taken. You know, how much risk is acceptable risk? But I think we, we've we've emphasized not just um, what we find in the scriptures, which is obviously our first uh, authority, but also our hymnody has been incredibly rich for us. We, we're rooted in a, a, perhaps a, an older form of hymnody than many. Uh, and one hymn that we've loved during the pandemic to sing very often is uh, Isaac Watts's hymn, uh, Nahum Tate's hymn, rather, through all the changing scenes of life. And the final verse goes, fear him, fear God you saints, and you will then have nothing else to fear. Make you his service your delight. Your wants shall be his care. 
So if you if you have this fear of God and allow God and his word to direct you in everything, uh, then you will not fear what is going on around you. And so we've just encouraged fearful saints. We've encouraged anxious saints not to be so fearful. Mm. Come out of your shell. Come out and talk to us. Mm. Even if it's a walk in the park, sit on a park bench two meters apart. But let mm. us at least be mm. together so we mm. can see one another and be together. For us, anything mm. less than that is, is a real poor second best. Yeah, uh, yeah striving mm. for it all the time yeah i just there's an interesting comment here from rod streder on youtube um he's saying covid seems to have heightened the care for the body and desensitized or or you know relegated perhaps then a concern for the soul do you think that's do you think that's right have, have we got the balance i mean you know church of england faced a lot of criticism didn't it for closing the churches even for private prayer um at, you know beyond what the government even said in the, at the height of the pandemic is is that right? Have we have we yeah? How do we get this balance right between body and soul? Ade, I'm going to come to you now for this. Well, it's a good question. Interesting. That's where I started when I said to you that as human beings, we're spirit in a physical body. Mm. You know, and people should always remember that. You know, the spirit man is is is, is the strength. This physical body, after a while, it's going to you know be what it's going to be. And, 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 and that spirit man needs to be fed in the way that it understands best um, um, to be fed. Um, both need to be cared for, but it is scriptures that teaches us that don't forsake the gathering of the brethren. And I've always, and, and I always take to the fact that also when um, God will save us, he could keep his son in heaven and do it all up there. Why did he have to send him down here? to come as man, to still do what he can do the, any way he likes. Because like you said, Oliver, he, he's a God that, that loves intimacy. Mm. He's created us as social beings. Amen. And many times when there's crisis in the land, from Old Testament to the New, what will he do? He will call his servant and says, call a solemn assembly or a mm. solemn gathering. Why does mm. he always do that? Mm. Whether there's great news or crisis, he will call them together. If he, he could do it all virtually, but he likes to bring us physically together, come down in his spirit, and, and then merge both. And the same thing on the day of Pentecost. He said to them, you know, I need you to gather together. Mm. And when you are together, then the Holy Spirit will come down. Mm. You know, and, and, and going back to what we started with, these are scriptures, they're sort of the spirit that we need at a time like this to use to speak to our communities and those also in the corridors of power and mm -hmm. and as you're aware team in in in, in and, and others here as we fought to keep the churches and places of worship open these are some of the comments i made very frantically on round tables with government ministers and and, and saying to them no you don't understand what kind of worship is and, and, and meeting virtually um is not the same as gathered worship and at a time of crisis for goodness sake it's not the time to say blanket ban on gathered worship we're not reckless people as christians or churches we know how to come together reasonably you know and, and, and be considerate and to still make sure that that place of intimacy and crying to god together is not a place that we vacate mm -hmm. in a time of mm -hmm. crisis mm -hmm. and i hope that um and we are able to learn from this experience the importance mm -hmm. like the, the, the mm -hmm. question asked how physically and spiritually we can combine both learning from scriptures 
in times like this. Yeah, just picking up on that point, Ade, I, I think one of the difficulties we have, because our civil society has become almost entirely secular, therefore, when government takes over the entire agenda for a national life, uh, their concern is exclusively for the body. You know, what else has been their concern for the past 15 months but the body? That's it. Yeah. The church's primary concern, not only concern, you know, going back to Ade's point right at the beginning, we do care about the body. We don't neglect the body. We care. But our primary concern is with the soul. Mm. So if the church is silenced, churches are shut and everybody is rushing to have their bodies dealt with. We have a real mismatch, a real imbalance. And, and many of us in the churches have been deeply concerned that we should be speaking out and saying, to our nation, this is a time where we need to hear God's, heed God's warning mm. and consider the soul. And where are we in relation to God in all of this? Mm. So important. Mm. So um, what about practical steps that um, any of your church, I mean, my church has started a sermon series actually on, on mental health. So we had a sermon on fear and another one on anxiety, and we've got another one on something else coming up. And well, any other practical steps that, that your churches are doing that you can point to on to help people on these things? I mean, I, I, right now, we've set a day, as although we've been meeting, observing guidelines the best we can, <coughs> we've set a day um, this month whereby first we're bringing all our leaders, wider leaders, everyone together on what we call a listening day. Because you need to listen to the people. Like I said earlier, listen more love more, care more. You need to listen to people and understand their reality coming out of this. So you know how to tend them and feed them, like Jesus was saying to Simon Peter. Because there's so many categories of them. We, I haven't, we've been encountering those who have lost loved ones. Their kind of fear and loneliness is different. Mm -hmm. Those who have recovered or recovering from COVID, you know, and, and, and any, any discomfort they find in their body similar to symptom of covid they just get you know it alarms them as another category we're dealing with those who have now been filled with paranoia due to the conflicting and also negative news from media streams and then the reality of mental health like you said earlier on then also domestic violence and abuse the aftermath of that many who are now coming out and have suffered that during that period whereby you know internally we're seeing that's another category that we need to deal with then job losses and business losses that's another category of people that are, how are they coping? How are they dealing with it? And then also the frontline workers who have been so outstretched. And some of them perhaps says, I feel so unappreciated. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking with all, there was a lot of attention on the NHS particularly, for example. Then when I read the story this week about the nurse that treated Boris, who has resigned from the NHS, mm -hmm. because it felt it's kind of insulting, having done all of that. And the best you can give us as nurses is a 1% salary increase and she and she's resigned from something she's always loved to do for the moment so for us we've realized that there are different categories dealing with it and then so we said look we need to come together first and have a listening day to where people are at and from there see what are the best things that we can provide to help each person where they are and that's why i always go back to that phrase we need to listen more we need to love more care more david you've got something to add on this yeah i mean um one of the things interesting is we talk about this distinctive divide as to how a secular state um, leads its people, if you like, to respond to a crisis like how, how the church should be different. 
is interestingly enough, I think from a historical perspective down through the ages, the church has always been different for the state and for the mainstream approach of society in its relation to things like pandemics. And uh, I, I, uh, the sources I saw suggested that it was instrumental in the growth of Christianity beyond just the very um, wonderful supernatural uh, experiences of the early church, that Christians were distinctively different in the major pandemics which came along with, with you know, depressing regularity uh, in yeah. the ancient world. And Christians were prepared to pay the blood price of getting stuck in and helping with those. They were uh, uniquely in society, unperturbed by the thought of their physical death. And I think it points to something in our current thinking that we're almost obsessed with avoiding physical death mm. as the rest of society. We become very secular, um, mm. and myself included, and, and that's fed into uh, the risk factor. In terms of helping people step forward and perhaps um, uh, reconnect with church, we have, a, I think we have a broader vision than just getting Christians back in church. You know, this may have thinned out a few Christians who are not serious about God and who decide that actually they're quite happy to watch the plethora of streamed options and they don't ever want to darken the door of a church again. We think there may be some considerable churn in our congregation. But for us, we're highly motivated by the fact that we found what we, if you forget the expression, uh, the missing link. Uh, every two years, we visit all of our 7,000 homes in our parish. And up until now, we've not really had anything that we could give to people that act as a bridge between doorstep conversation and church. But now, of course, with our online presence and with online inquiry courses, we've got that. And they hopefully will help us connect with new people who have been frightened by the pandemic, who perhaps have no faith, but might be interested in Christianity for the first time. And we suspect that there might be something of a considerable churn going on here in terms of shaking up of, our, of the people in our congregation. So have you restarted those door-to-door -door visits then? No, we haven't. And that's absolutely, this is one of those issues where you, you're right on the brink, but we think that, well, I mean, I, I welcome the wisdom of others, but, you know, we, we're, we, we're having to do it with face masks, we think is a very, very big negative. You're trying to establish links. So I think our instinct is to hold down at the moment, but uh, we have got the capability to visit every home over a two-year cycle, and we do want to start that as soon as we can do it without face masks. Yeah. It's definitely a challenge, David. You're quite right. Uh, in terms of our approach, we, we, we've got a two-prong approach to dealing with the problem of loneliness and fear. One is, as Ade has suggested, the scripture itself and the preaching. We have a high view of preaching in our church. So the, the series that I'm doing at the moment is, is on the doctrine of God. We've been preaching about God and God is omnipotent and God is sovereign and God is love and God is grace. And last last Sunday, we were thinking about the glory of God and how God is glorified in all things. Uh, you know, even in our suffering, we look at Christ on the cross. He's He's glorifying God as he suffers. Do we understand that God is glorified even as we suffer and we trust in him? So I think that's the sort of the big picture side of it. And then at the other extreme, it's the personal connection. So we're, we're committed personally to, to visiting and maintaining contact through our elders with every member of the church, uh, finding out their needs, talking to them, those who are not attending, 
making sure that we're understanding their condition. Why are you not attending? Why are you afraid? What, what is causing that? How can we help you to overcome that fear? How can we build that bridge to get you back into the community of God's people and, and so on? And we're finding all kinds of reasons, as we've said, there are physical, mental, emotional, and there are spiritual reasons. I think we've hinted at Christians who have, who have struggled in lockdown, who have declined spiritually and have hidden behind, well, you can't expect me to come because there's a pandemic on. And then, of course, as things ease, you find, ah, there are real problems here. So instead of neglecting those, we're making the visits, we're making the contact, and we're seeking them out. As the Lord Jesus did, you know, you go and search for the sheep that's gone astray. You don't just say, well, never mind, they've gone. Uh, so that, that's th those two aspects, really, for us. Yeah, very good. So and what about the what about the role of prayer in this? You know, does Paul says, um, don't be anxious, but instead, by prayer and petition, you know, present all your requests to God. All that. How much are you emphasizing prayer in, in this whole thing? Ade, I'm going to go to you in this. Well, from our church, that's one thing we never stopped. We asked, we said to ourselves, okay, even when, before we went back to gathering, um, the prayer, whether online or in the best way we can, always continued because it, it's an understanding that our most potent weapon is prayer. Mm. But you've heard me say many times that, but prayer without participation is paralysis. You pray, you participate. So we, we never ceased with prayer many times during the week in different people join at different levels whereby you know we're constantly praying individually, collectively, and whatever their issues are. Um, we never stopped that. We couldn't. You know, whether I was virtually, in whatever way, constantly, like um, Oliver said, calling some people who need individual prayer and calling them to a time whereby we're going to have collective prayer online where we can, where we could gather and have prayers with leaders who did it. We understood that you, you, you don't even slow down on prayer at all, talk less in a time of crisis. You just don't do it, you know. And so it, it, even anything, you find out that time of crisis, you will see over and over, like I said earlier on, God will call a, a prayer or a fast and will call people to say you need to come and pray now because something is serious esther had to say okay now that you let me know what my role is i'm going to be fasting and praying join me in fasting and praying because we've got an issue here so that's one area that she'll never cease she'll never have stopped covid could not um, um, um stop that we had to go ahead and keep doing that um but some practical things might have slowed down but prayer you just couldn't slow down yeah, I, I, amen to that, Ade. And, and the one thing that, that we were most keen to restart immediately that we were allowed to was prayer meetings. <laughs> and to be together and pray. I mean, I remember back July, August last year, our prayer meetings, I have never heard people praying like this. You know, in the midst of an intense crisis and, and all the fear and all the distress, those prayer meetings, I, I, I left the meetings in tears on occasions. Uh, as as brothers and sisters are lifting their hearts to the Lord, to our sovereign Lord God, what are you teaching us? How are you leading us? What is your purpose in this? You know, we, we, it was prayer is is absolutely key. You, you you cannot forsake that, and and that Christians and churches shut their buildings to prayer. I, I just can't comprehend it myself. I mean, you might think I'm a bit extreme, but we just couldn't do it. We just couldn't do it. You have to carry on. How can we not pray? Mm. 
yeah we um yeah we 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 did um our prayer meeting went automatically onto zoom at the beginning obviously because we couldn't go anywhere else and uh, interesting enough prayer attendance doubled and then began to drop back a little bit and uh we're i guess we're not quite as advanced in the sense that we've kept it online because it's it's getting a huge turnout um and we're pragmatically working with the fact that whatever gets more people praying is a good thing but it doesn't get back to the fact and uh, i think Adi made it particularly uh, in relation to pentecost the power of god's people is in their physical gathering it's always been a litmus test of whether christ worth, was worth anything to somebody whether they were prepared to give up that hour or two on a sunday to actually physically be there in church i think it's always been a a really big test of whether anything was going on in their head spiritually and so um i mean just thinking about practical steps pastorally to reach out to people who are struggling um i think we've we've modified our approach slightly at the beginning we did something called uh, first responders where we 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 had around about 600 people on our database and we divided them up into groups of 10 and we got people to ring them up and connect with them only referring critical cases into our uh, our pastoral uh, team you know our pastoral workers the ones that were employed um and then we did it again and we gave it a less critical um i mean first responders is very sort of um medical isn't it um, and, and then we then called it winter callers which sounded much more sociable and less threatening but it was the same concept and I think we might be now due for a, a kind of third tranche with a very different emphasis. And now it's not so much pastoral care for them. It's much more into the realms of how can we encourage you to develop healthy spiritual behaviors that will help you be restored spiritually in a way that is appropriate and right in this current season. And that I, I really I would welcome any wisdom from other contributors and what form that might take. <clears throat> yeah, very good. Yeah, any wisdom for anyone else on that? Um, well, well uh, in fact, honestly, um, starting by saying being spirit being in a physical body and in the word of God being the son of the spirit, um, my own experience has just been that anything I do, in any time I'm speaking to anyone, um, I undergird even my practical support with the word of God. You know, and I find that when I'm speaking, I, I always say, look, I'm going to come to you in a practical way to bring something that I know you can relate to. And I learned that from Jesus. He always used um, humanity to explain divinity. And he, that always connects. He will use a parable. He will use something that the people he's serving can understand. The divinity and spirituality is where it's going. But he will always come with that you know, human area that they can understand. And so that by the time mm -hmm. he learns the spirituality, wow, you know, people are able to relate to it, grab it more than at times when you just go all gone blazing with the spirituality and the mind you're speaking to is a carnal mind. They can't discern it, <laughs> you know? So it's trying, while not being carnal, my, my experience has always been, I'm going to go here and show them what, you know, care from a human perspective, use something they can relate, but guide it all with the spiritual and always end up with Jesus. Uh, and and it, it, for me, it always works. Yeah, I think just picking up on what Ade said and something you said earlier on, Christianity is incarnational, isn't it? Christianity is God made flesh. There is no other uh, religion that proclaims a person who is fully divine and fully human. Mm. But we do. Mm. And, and he became one of us. 
and he remains one of us forever in mm. heaven now he is fully human fully divine too but fully human and mm. and i think what's happened one of the real downsides of, of the church's response to the pandemic is that so many have got so excited about the numbers on youtube or the numbers on facebook oh look we've got we've got 500 or we've got a thousand we only used to have 50 or 100 um but but okay there may be benefit there at some level but at the end of the day unless it's incarnational unless there is flesh to flesh human interaction unless real people are coming to meet with real people what what is the benefit of that you know the the goal has to be being incarnational being together mm. and, and being real with one another and another thing that's concerned me about the online side of it is we're missing out a whole swathe of the population who just don't do online what about the elderly yeah. i mean they've been affected more than any and mm. you know you say well we we live stream everything well they just can't log on they don't have the facility we have to go to them. We have to go to them. And something we haven't covered yet. What about mm. all those care homes? We still can't get to them. We grieve over that every week and pray for them and, and, and long to be able to see them again. Mm -hmm. I've got some comments coming in here. Um, one from Instagram says we've set up a new pastoral team for people to reach out to if they're struggling. Sounds similar to what you've done, David, in your church. Um, another practical suggestion. Um, Paul saying, uh, one church I know is setting up a shared space for people who are working remotely and they can come and work together remotely um, and build a relationship and not feel so lonely um, doing that. I think that's a great idea. Could even be done in people's homes nowadays, I suppose. Um, that kind of thing, couldn't it? Um, and, um, and then um, Dawn Bradford on Facebook says this, we should all help each other in terms of mental health. It can creep up insidiously. So it's wise to be there, support your loved ones and friends, watch out for withdrawal and lack of self-care for people. Of course, that's harder to do remotely, isn't it? Um, watching out for withdrawal. Um, you know, so we have to end up trying to visit them or, or speak to them on the phone or something mm. in that kind of way. Yeah, I mean, I one, one of the things I always guard people um, against is this superficial mindset about social media. Many people on social media says, I have so much following. The truth of the matter is that they don't have following like that. Many people are not really following them. They are with them in that space, but they're not necessarily following them. Mm. You know, and at times some people get confused and think that, you know, somebody will say, well, I have all this following even within the UK, but when I try to call the program, to bring my people who follow me to a meeting, I struggle to even get even 1% of the people that say they follow me to come to something that I'm doing. I said, that's the point I'm saying to you. You can have people with you, but they're not necessarily following you. That 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 following can be so superficial mm -hmm. at times, you know, with, with whatever mm -hmm. benefit it has. Um, some, some people might be there that even, uh, they're even following you for the wrong reasons that you don't even know, you know? Mm -hmm. And after a while, they can drop off and just go, they, they don't really have any much accountability or responsibility or anything mm -hmm. of that to you in any way. It's very fluid. It's very loose. And we have to be careful when we keep talking about those kind of um, situations uh, around uh, um, uh, social media. I always like to put that in there that I'm not against it. You can use it to the best you can, but manage your expectations. 
mm. and then just mm. assume that these things translate as it were to the kind of numbers they put they put in there. Even I had some people say to me, even on Facebook at times, there's a way you could pay for some kind of numbers whereby they'll make your counts a lot more than what it is. People need to be careful and realize that, that um, I go back to it that as, as human beings, we're social mm. people and, mm. and, and, and never take that away. We need to find ways to connect mm. with people where they're at. Mm-hmm. And I use the phrase many times that churches are in the communities, but are communities in the churches. Mm. You know, we need mm. to not just be churches in communities, but we must have the communities in our space to do that. But even the government realized that. The government who says to you, whilst we don't want you, we don't think you're responsible enough to have your worship, your gathered worship in your church buildings. However, uh, we need your church buildings <laughs> to continue to do the childcare, the, the food banks, and mm. all of that. Really, so our, our buildings can give you so much immense value in crisis, but the gathered worship in, in it is something you thought we're not responsible enough to do. It's so important that we continue to make those churches and those places oases of love and hopes that people can come to um, wherever we are with the various services that speaks to where they are. Yeah, that's great. Very, very helpful. Um, listen, that's been great. I'm conscious of time, but um, you know, we've talked about encouraging people and we do need to do that, don't we? And the, the, you know, I read recently the virtue of courage is like the most important virtue because without it, you can't have any of the others. Uh, there's something in that, isn't there? But um, I just wonder if each of you wanted to have just a minute or two, what would you say, there may be somebody watching now who is fearful and anxious, um, what would you say to them um, in, in just a couple of minutes? Can I start with you, David, on that? Yeah, sure. I think this pandemic is in danger of making all of us quite selfish uh, in a totally understandable way. Um, worrying about ourselves, worrying about how our lives have been diminished by it. Uh, and possibly our health affected by it, worried about lost connection with loved ones and family and friends, and worried about uh, the loss of our connection perhaps with the, with our friends in, in church and so forth. Um, and I think uh, we do need a reset, and I think Christ can give us that. And I think the Great Commission, the value of the Great Commission is not just in that it's Jesus' instruction to his people, but it's outward looking. And I think I would say, let's not, don't worry too much about um, the fact that you may have suffered uh, mentally uh, as a result of the pandemic. If you've suffered in that way, that is normal. Now take control, take command, as it were, and follow Christ. And he has said for those who follow his great commission to go out, to make disciples, to work for him, to look out to the needs of others, that he is with us always to the end of the age. And he is with us right now. And this Pentecost Sunday is a wonderful time to, to look and ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you in a fresh and new powerful way to get moving to look outwards to follow christ and to move forward into a, a better place really uh, of well-being as a consequence not as an end in itself that's great very helpful very helpful indeed oliver what would you say to someone who's fearful and anxious today um i think i would i would say if you're afraid if you're anxious and you're a christian then look to your god your god is sovereign your god is gracious your god is good and he has a purpose for you right now and his purpose is to do you good even now even through your suffering he could have delivered you taken you away or 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 or, or 
or put you in a place where you didn't have to go through this. He's sovereign. He could have done that, but he didn't. So he has a purpose. And what is his purpose? Well, I would take you to William Cooper's great hymn, which begins God moves in a mysterious way. And, and Cooper says this. Cooper, by the way, in the 18th century, he was he was uh, depressive. He suffered terribly uh, and he became suicidal at points. He knows what it is to suffer mental health difficulties. And he said this. Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. God is going to do you good through this. Your sovereign God, the sovereign God sent his son to die on a cross to do you the good of saving you from sin, death and hell forever. That same sovereign God is doing you good right now. Look for the good in your situation. Look to God. He will guide you through by his spirit, through his son, and he will bless you and he will help you go to his word, go to his worship, seek his face and he will. And those big, big clouds will break in blessings on your head. Great. Fantastic image. Great testimony as well. Very encouraging. Ade. Well, I will share with you from myself what I have had to do in times whereby, yes, I've had fear um, in, in, the, in my journey in life. And one of that is to all, I'm, I'm always reminded by the Holy Spirit how special I am to God. And, and I used to think, was that just me? He said, no. For every one of you that God created, and if you are somebody facing that fear, I'm saying this, this is what encourages me. You're such a special brand of God. There is no two of you. There's only one of you. God created only one of you for your time and space. And you can identify with things that are going around you right now, but you are not defined by them. He loves you so much that he's kept you alive up till now. And he doesn't sleep and slumber on whatever is the matter and issue you're going through. He works on it round the clock. He's not forgotten you. He's not neglected you. He's not a God that then, you know, suddenly goes on a brain freeze and doesn't know what is going on. He's so in tune and so understands what you're going through. And he wants you to hear that and be encouraged. That what he needs to do for you right now that you're asking for that is maybe to take away the fear. It might seem slow. The Bible says, but it does not delay. It will surely come to pass because he makes all things beautiful in his own time. I want to encourage you that in his eyes, he loves you. At times, people tell lies that makes us get into a place of fear. And that means we now be conformed to fear. And then we either uh, 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 forget everything and run away. No, I'm trying. I'm bringing you to a place of encouragement that the truth of God you, you're hearing for me helped me to, 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 to diffuse the con that was kind of fusing my mind in the place of fear. And I'm giving you that too because God has made you special for your time and space. No one like you. I'm saying this because I want you to use what, do what the Bible says, encourage yourself in the Lord. There are times with that. I'm adding that to what Oliver and David have said and also bringing that perspective. And don't let anyone talk you down. Don't let any situation talk you down. And, and, and you build that from within. You encourage your spirit, man, and see how special you are in, God, in, in God's hands. He's not forgotten you. It's not over yet. He's working on it. He packages it in a different way. Encourage yourself in the Lord because he loves you. 
Amen. Well, uh, thank you very much, all three of you. Fantastic wisdom and insight and practical guidance and spiritual help there. I hope you found it as encouraging and helpful as I found it. I'm going to conclude with a verse from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Fantastic. Um, and, and, and that is how we are meant to be. Listen, we're going to be discussing Church Unlocked a lot more over the coming weeks. Uh, many more topics to look at and think about and discuss uh, together. ChristianConcern.com forward slash Church Unlocked has got more information about that. We'll be here again uh, next week uh, to discuss further about this kind of stuff. And uh, do join us, follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and connect with our emails as well. And look forward to engaging with you again soon. Thank you very much.